Welcome back to the Gathering Place of All Nations. On Sunday, April 2nd, Pastor John Irving shared a message about Jesus' second coming and entrance into Jerusalem. I pray that you are blessed by this message and that your ears are open to hear what God has to say. Glory to God. Good to see each and every one of you. You know, I was thinking this week and this morning that where Paul says he carries all of you in his heart and uh, I'm sure Tom and Monica when they were pastors know about this you really do carry your congregation your heart as pastors wherever you go each and every one of you some we've known for longer some shorter but it's equal and we Victoria and I we love you and we pray for you and we're believing that God's going to do something powerful in your life. Amen. Praise God. Well, today is Palm Sunday, and we're there. There it is, right here. We're going to do a slideshow today. Is that okay? All right. Uh, I don't do too many slideshows because I like to preach more than I like to teach. But I really, I came on some information about three or four weeks ago. I've already expressed it to you that absolutely radically really uh, moved me. I guess that's the right way to say it. And uh, today we're going to talk about Palm Sunday, what happened historically, and then we're going to look uh, forward to Christ's return and what that's going to look like. And I want to tell you that uh, Psalms 24 will never be the same. All right, so are you ready? Praise God. So now I, I'm going to try to maneuver between my notes, which are based on the slideshow. So uh, hopefully this will work pretty good. All right. There we go. Another psalm. Uh, some of the slides and information came from uh, this ministry called Israel My Channel. Not all of them, but some of them came. So I want to give uh, credit where credit is due. It's a good, good channel. So here we have the, uh, the Golden Gate. Now you see where um, the temple is right here. And then you have the Golden Gate. And it's also called the Eastern Gate. All right? Uh, it's in the east uh, section of the wall. If you notice, there's a little causeway right here. We will talk about that in a little bit. Um, and uh, it was the, the triumphal entry because Palm Sunday is all about the triumphal entry of Jesus through the East Gate or the Golden Gate. The Jewish people, uh, they call the Eastern Gate the Gate of Mercy. Isn't that fitting? All right. And uh, uh, it's considered to be the place uh, from which the Messiah will enter in the end days. And so this gate is what Jesus is going to enter. He entered it already once, and he's going to come back, and he's going to enter through this on his second return. So that's a summary of where we're going right now. And so in John uh, chapter 12, let's uh, turn there. Um, John chapter 12, and you know, I didn't bring my reading glasses up. If somebody wants to run to my office and grab my reading glasses, that might be helpful. We have, uh, uh, 
we have the uh, Jesus enters Jerusalem, verse 12. On the next day, the great multitude uh, who had come to the feast when they heard Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees, went out to meet him, and began to cry out, Glorious. Now I can read. Hallelujah. Cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it. As it is written from Zechariah 9, 9, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey. All right, and so the when he made that glorious entrance into Jerusalem from the um, from the eastern gate, from the Mount of Olives, is up in this area over here. Then you had the Kindred Valley, and then you come up to the, the the Temple Mount. And as Jesus was coming in, he's coming in right where the religious leaders are situated, if you remember the story, all right? And everybody's crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. The religious leaders right by the temple are really agitated because way up, way up here, if you remember from, the, from teachings from the last few years, Jesus is rounding the hill, and as he's breaking over the hill and coming down, all right, can you see my little green pointer here? All right, as he's coming down the hill, people are crying out, Hosanna. They're crying out way up here, a mile or so away from the Temple Mount. Everybody in the Temple Mount is looking up here at Jesus, and they're crying out. They're crying out. They're laying palm branches down. And this was what Zacharias said would uh, um, would happen that the king of kings would ride a donkey and come into Jerusalem. And these religious leaders were upset because Jesus was declaring that he is king. Not only king, but he is king of kings and lord of lords. Woo! Glory to God. All right. And so, uh, as Victoria said, this begins Passion Week. All right. And here we have uh, Jesus riding into Jerusalem, the eastern gate. And he's riding in on a donkey, and uh, the religious leaders are absolutely infuriated. All right, and there's Zechariah 9.9. We've just read that. And then if you turn over to Luke. Is it just me, or is that blurry? Okay, sorry about that. I'll read it here for you. Luke chapter 9. It was clear when I put it up. Luke 9. What's that? Did I say that? See, I'm just testing you to see if, <laughs> see if you got it. You, you guys are, are good students here. Luke 19. And it says here in Luke 19... Verse 37. I didn't write down the scripture there. 37. Listen to this. This is the other account of it here. 1937. And it says here. 
the triumphal entry. Um, and as he was now approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to praise. Remember, that's way up on the Mount, and, and, they be, and the disciples began to praise God joyfully. They're full of joy. They're expecting Jesus is going to be king. He's going to overthrow the Roman Empire. All right, and they're crying out with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had done, and then, blessed is Zechariah 9, 9. All right, and then it says in verse 39, some of the Pharisees in the multitude said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and said to them, I tell you, if uh, these become silent, the stones will cry out. And then when he, he approached, he saw the city and he wept. And talks about, if you didn't know, the day of your visitation. Folks, there was a visitation the first time and the religious leaders missed it. There's a second coming, and you know what? An awful lot of us, all right, could miss his second coming. He is coming soon. Amen? Hallelujah. And so now we have uh, from the Kindred Valley, look, looking up from the, from the valley, uh, you know, down the, the, up, up here would be like the Mount of Olives. If you look at her up here this way, if you want to look at it. And down in the Kindred Valley, you're looking up and you see the Eastern Gate. We're going to have several pictures of that. Well, I want you to notice what is in front. What are, the, what are these things right in front? Right here. What, what, what are these? Graves. These are Muslim graves. Uh, I will, I'll explain that in a few minutes. All right. Again, another picture. You see the Dome of the Rock and you see the, uh, the Eastern Gates. All right, and then Jesus is coming in, riding on a donkey. And what's the first thing Jesus does when he comes into the temple? He cleanses the temple. All right, that's a little clear. Matthew 21, let's go to Matthew 21. Matthew 21, we actually will start at verse 1. And it says here, and when they approached Jerusalem and had come into Bethanage to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent his two disciples. And he, he goes and sends them to find a colt. I'm going to paraphrase here, that have never been ridden. And, uh, and so they find him, and it's a glorious story. We won't go into it because there's some stuff I want to get, get into it here. And then it says here, um, and the multitude, verse 8, spread their garments in the road. Others were cutting branches from trees and spreading, that's palm, palm trees, and spreading them on the road. And the multitudes were going before him and saying, uh, those who followed after were crying out, Hosanna to the... Uh, to the son of David, Hosanna is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. All right. And then there were, when he entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred. I mean, 
this, this was a huge event. This is bigger than Donald Trump getting arrested, okay? This is bigger than any news story that you can imagine. It would be better, Pastor Tom, and bigger news than the Toronto Maple Leafs winning the cup this year. It would be bigger news than anything you can imagine. The King of Kings coming in, and the whole city is stirred. It is stirred. We need to stir ourselves up for the second coming of Christ. We need to get ready. We need to get pumped up. All right. And the whole city was stirred saying, who is this? Like, he's coming in. Who is this? Jesus asked his disciples once, who do people say that I am? All right, and who is this? And, and, and people still need to be wondering, who is Jesus today? Who is he? Who is God? And you know what? The Bible says that we are epistles read by all men. We, we are living letters, what God has done and is doing today. And, and, and we need to be people that are sharing the light, all right? And so, I'm not sure which glasses to put on here. I'll just leave them off. All right. And then Jesus comes in and he overturns the temple. And verse 12, and Jesus entered the, t the temple and cast out all who were buying and selling in the temple. This is the second time. He did this at the beginning of his ministry, remember? And now he's doing it again because he wants us to know that it's important that we cleanse this, our temple when he comes. What did, what did uh, Israel do when before they crossed the Jordan River and attacked Jericho? What did they do? They consecrated themselves. There's a cleansing. Anytime God is about to move, anytime God's about to enter, anything, anytime that, that, that we need to cleanse ourselves, there has to be a cleansing. I don't know about you, but it's getting warm up here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now we're getting down to business here. All right. And so it says here, uh, uh, the kingdom, no, sorry. Um, Okay. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling. Verse 13, and Jesus said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But you are making it a robber's den. All right. And then it, look at that. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them right there. There should be healing when we cleanse the temple. Well, there should be healing in every service that we have in this congregation. Every church, there should be the moving of God. And there should be people made whole. Come on now. All right. And, um, and of course, uh, uh, the chief priests in verse 15 and, and, uh, and then verse 16, Jesus doesn't get doesn't get swallowed. Have, have you, he, he quotes from, from uh, the Psalms 8. Yes, have you never read out of the mouths of infants uh, and nursing babies, thou hast prepared praise for thyself. 
and he left them and went out of the city. So that's the beginning of Palm Sunday. And, and, and what Jesus was saying is even people that are simple, uh, I consider myself, all right, uh, people uh, that are not full of intelligence like you Pharisees, no. And they, and they honor and they worship. And, uh, and you should be doing that as well. All right. So carrying on, we begin Holy Week, all right, or Passion Week. The next seven days and Jesus is coming soon and we're going to transition from what happened in the past and we're going to transition to Jesus is coming and what happens all right it's a good thing I wrote down all these notes because I that, that that's blurry isn't it oh you can read that wow it's blurry no matter what I do no but I wrote it down so I'm, I'm okay all right. Um, all right. Is this slide number 17? I think so. All right. There's eight major gates, all right, in the temple. And let me just list them out for you. This is the time of Jesus. Herod's Gate, Damascus Gate, the New Gate, Jaffa Gate. That's for some of you that know Connie Wilson. That was the one that she was by the King David Hotel and you walk down the valley, you come up, and we, we, we walked that many, many times when we were in Israel. All right, and then we had, how about this, the dung gate? Doesn't that stir up images for you, the dung gate? I wonder what, what happened there, all right? All right, this is Zion's gate. That's a beautiful name. And then we have the eastern gate, gate number seven, the eastern gate. And this gate, all right, I believe the next one I have a picture of it. This gate right here, all right, is, was built in 500 A.D. I'll let that sink in. If it was built in 500 thereabouts B.C., what does that mean? 500 years, 500 years after Jesus. It means that this is not the gate, whoops, this is not the gate Jesus went through. Ah, light bulb's coming on here, okay. All right, everybody's quiet. All right, and, um, and so therefore this eastern gate, Jesus never went through. This was built around 500. And I'm almost going to jump ahead to the surprise, but I cannot do that. I've got to hold off. All right. And so it's called also the beautiful gate. Now, uh, the red heifer was, was sacrificed on the Mount of Olives. And they, this, they walked down from the Mount of Olives down here on this causeway. I did some research. It was not easy, but this causeway, to the best of my knowledge, did exist. And this would be the, uh, this would be the causeway that the high priest would walk down to enter into the temple, all right? Uh, some people, some people, they speculate that Jesus, when he came down, okay, this is the Mount of Olives, he's going down to, uh, to Jerusalem, that he walked down this causeway. This causeway was reserved for the high priest only and his entourage. And so if Jesus... 
from Mount of Olives, the big commotion, and he's walking down here, and people are there walking. He is the high priest coming in to the temple. Isn't that something else? Whoa. That's, that's a speculation. The causeway was there. It's hard to find that, but I searched for it, and I found out that this really existed. And how about just a little side note, the red heifer. Red heifer is needed to consecrate the priests. And there are four or five of them that were just found in Texas. And they have been delivered without blemish. All right? And they're suspecting sometime this year or next year they're going to have this ceremony on the Mount of Olives. All right? And the ash of the red heifer is what's needed to cleanse the garments and the utensils of the tabernacle. And that's what they're believing. They don't have to have a temple to do that. They can do it without... And they just keep the ashes in a sacred place. That is what's coming, folks. Glory. We're getting close. So many signs are coming up. Okay. All right, here we go. And so this is the beautiful gate, the golden gate, the gate of mercy, or the eastern gate. All right? So just uh, notice up here and notice over here. Uh, at the end of the message, I'm going to show you something that is quite something. All right? Uh, and again, this is another picture of the Eastern Gate. I got lots of pictures. I like... You, you want to know, Victoria and I, we renewed our wedding vows up on the Mount of, of Olives. All right? Many, many, many years ago on a trip to Israel, we had our tour guide and our um, our leader lead us in, uh, in in saying renewing our vows, and it was up on the on the Mount of Olives, overlooking the the. the it, it was a glorious time, all right. And then what we did is we we went to an uh, Arab uh, in 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 the old city. We went and we had falafel. We bought falafels as our our wedding renewal dinner for all the tour guys. <laughs> Everybody had falafels. All right. And so, um, but the, the gate is shut up. It was shut up in the year. It was built in about 500 A.D. by, by the, the Muslims and by, uh, uh, but it was shut up by this guy right here. All right. Uh, or this is another picture of him, all right? And this is, I hope I can say his name right, Silliman the Magnificent. In uh, 1540, he was the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire. And so why did he shut up this gate right here? It's because of the reference in Zechariah that the Messiah was going to come and go through this gate. And so he shut it up around 1500 A.D., uh, 1540 actually, to be more precise. He shut it up with 16 feet of concrete to prevent the Messiah from coming. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think 16 feet of concrete is going to stop my Messiah <laughs> from coming. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. 
And, and, in, and also, you can see, I think, you can see the graves right here. He also put Muslim uh, graves right in front of the Eastern Gate. Why? To defile the area, because no Jewish person could walk up and down through here, that he would be defiled. And so the Messiah cannot enter the gate because it's sealed, and he cannot enter the gate because there is graves right in front of it. And there's one more reason he can't enter it. All right, let me just carry on. And so we have these two pictures, depictions of this, this uh, Ottoman ruler. And then in Ezekiel 44, all right, Ezekiel 44 uh, says this. Verses 1 to 3, then he brought me back. He's talking about the angel bringing the prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel had all kinds of encounters and angelic uh, uh, visitations, and this is one of them. And this has to do, the gate, the heading of, of, of my uh, chapter here is called the gate for the prince. Then he brought me back by the way of the outer gate of the sanctuary, which faces east. So which gate is this? The eastern gate. That's the, that's the gate that, that's blocked up. But listen to this. And it was shut. It was shut. There it is. It was shut. God prophesied that this gate, all right, would be sealed up. This is long, long, long before uh, it was ever done. It was only done in 1500 AD. So Ezekiel was, what, about 8, uh, 8th century or 7th century prophet. So we're looking at about 2200 years after this prophecy was given, it was done. All right? And this gate should be shut, and it shall not be opened, and no one shall enter it, for the Lord Israel has entered by it. Therefore, it shall be shut. As for the prince, he shall sit in it as prince to eat bread before the Lord, and he shall enter by way of the porch of the gate, and shall go out by the same way. All right, now I think the next slide is interesting. All right, and so there, there's, there it is again. You have the graves all in front of it, so that it would defile anybody coming through. And I think I've already covered that, all right? Um, I can't read that, so anyway, there, I, I think I already covered that information. Here it is right here, the, the uh, Eastern Gate and then we have some, I, I'm just going to skip over that. Here, here, we have um, the two bases. I'm going to show you close up, but this pillar and this pillar. And if you might just take a look below the ground. All right. We're, now we're getting into something really, really, really amazing. All right. Um, so the question is, how is Jesus... Um, how is he going to enter through that gate? He's coming back, but how? All right. Here we have uh, insight on the Temple Mount. This is the eastern gate, and uh, it's not necessarily sealed up here. The Muslims are praying here, and something happened 
about 20-some years ago uh, that caused a riot. But, and you've got the police, all right, the, the um, IDF, the soldiers, all right? Now, these are the ones that control the Temple Mount, the Muslim imams, and... Okay, I'm just trying to think of where there's one. Here, here you see a blown-up picture of these two pillars, and... Now this, this is the head of the gate. Uh, the top, the head of the gate, this archway at the top. All right, that's what it's called. And um, uh, if you turn to Psalm 24, here's where it gets really exciting. All right? And we're doing quite good. I might finish real early today. Some might say, hey, man, hallelujah. But then we have communion, so we'll end up early enough to do communion. Let me read the first six verses and... It's talking about um, the king of glory entering Zion. The earth is the Lord's, verse 1, and all it contains. The world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas, established it upon the rivers. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord and who may stand in this holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, and who has not lifted up his soul to falsehoods or lies. In a day like, like now, lies are flying everywhere. Falsehood is being uh, communicated by so-called reputable uh, outlets. All right? Uh, and we're called as believers not to believe the lies. All right? Really, really important. Who is, the, who is the author of lies? The author of lies is very busy right now. But Jesus is the way, the truth. All right? Uh, he is the truth. And, and so, uh, and has not sworn deceitfully, you haven't entered into falsehood. You haven't entered into spreading this, 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 this nonsense. Verse 5. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him. Which generation? Our generation right now. Our generation right now, folks. Now, that would apply to any generation before us, but this is, this is the generation that's alive right now. This generation, those who seek him, who seek your face, even Jacob, and now we get to these four verses. Verse 7 and verse 9 are repeated. Verse 8 and verse 10 are repeated, but there's a slight, slight change. All right, let me just pull it up here. Here we go. Lift up. You know what? Let, let me just go back here. Before I read this, let me go back and say, all right, we have um, the eastern gate. The eastern gate is right here. All right? But the original site that Jesus walked through is right below it, underneath. It's buried. This is the original walls right here. This is new walls. It's a new gate. This is the one that Jesus went through. So now the next question is, well, uh, how does he get through a sealed gate? How does he get through 
all the all the um, the graves, and how on earth does he go through this one? It's buried. Aha! Uh-huh. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> all right, listen to this. Okay, let me just show you these. Uh, what, what happened was how that this was discovered was an architect uh, named Fleming was right up here doing some excavation, and he fell. He fell down about eight or ten feet down to right here, and he's able to walk around and measure, and he found this lower gate. That was in, I think it was the 60s. And, and so they've discovered this gate right here. Um, but they have now, if you look at closely, they have cemented this all up. They've put a, a railing around it here, and they do not allow anybody to go through it. I'm just going, I missed this. Now between the gate on the outside of the wall, there is a room in the middle of this eastern gate, and then you have the gate um, here. This is inside. So this little building right here is this building right in here. This is inside the eastern gate. It says that Jesus will come and break bread in this room when he returns. All right? or maybe the one below, actually, perhaps. Um, and then what happened was they sealed off the, um, see, they put a chain right here, a fence, and they put a chain. And that, that means that certain people are allowed to go in, some of the Muslim leaders on occasion. All right, Victoria and I have stood both on this side, on this side, we've taken pictures. We've been on the Temple Mount probably four or five times, uh, and it's getting increasingly hostile to, there's just increasingly hostilities towards any uh, um, Christians and especially Jews on the Temple Mount. All right? And so uh, now we come to uh, the head of the gate, and we have down here uh, this, this gate right here. And so this is a blow-up of this, all right, this gate. The, the, other, the eastern current one is up here, but we have this one right below. And this has been proven through archaeological evidence. So, listen to these words, verse 7. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Where's the head? The top of the gate. All right, lift up your heads. Lift up. Think you have to rise. This gate for Jesus to come through has to rise. How? Just, just hang in there. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors. These are ancient doors. All right? That the king of glory might come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. He's coming back the second time to war with a, uh, with a sword in his mouth. He's come back on a white horse. And he's come back to do business with the nations that come up against Israel. Lift up your heads, O you gates. That's this gate right here. That's this gate right here. Lift up your head, O gates, and lift up your ancient doors that the king of glory might come in. It's buried. It's been buried for, uh, uh, I don't know, a thousand years. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. So, how does, is Jesus going to do this? All right? 
in Acts, I think this is my next slide, Acts. So we have this right here, all right, the head right here, and then number 24, and then we come to Acts chapter 1. Are you with me here? You're really quiet. All right, just soaking it in. Glory to God. It's going to get really good in about three minutes. All right. We have uh, the ascension of the Lord, verse 9 of Acts chapter 1. And after that, he said these things. He, he was lifted up while they were looking on. Wouldn't that be an incredible thing, seeing him just rise? Isn't that, that's just, uh, and looking on. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky, while he was departing, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. And they said also to them, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you watched him go to heaven. So in other words, Jesus is coming back. He is coming back. He is coming back. All right, now it's really going to get good. Turn to Zechariah chapter 14. And the first, um, it's verse 4, but let's read the first four verses. This is talking about, um, about the Lord's return on that day. Behold, a day is coming for the Lord when the spoil taken from you will be divided among you. For I will gather all of the nations against Jerusalem. Think Battle of Armageddon. To battle, and the city will be captured, and the houses plundered, and the women ravished, and half of the city exiled, and the rest of the people will not, uh, will not be cut off from the city. Then, everybody say then. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations. Because that's going to happen in verse 2. That's going to happen in the halfway through the great tribulation. The Antichrist is revealed. He will fight against those nations as when he fights on a day of battle. And then verse 4 is where I'm going to. And in that day, what day? The day he returns. The day he comes. His feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives will be split in the middle from the east to the west by a very large valley, so that half the mountain will move towards the north and the other half towards the south. What is going to happen? Okay. Jesus is going to come and stand on the Mount of Olives. All right? And you see it better in this one. And there will be a split in the mountain. That split will go all the way down the Mount of Olives, the Kindred Valley, right up to the Temple Mount, splitting open the graves, making a path for the King of Glory to come in, and lifting up the ancient gate... And opening the door, and the king of glory will walk right in. 
That is what's going to happen. Woo. And then the king of glory shall come in. All right. There's the king of the doors of, 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 you know, this, the glorious way. Glory to God. And what will happen is there will be great exuberance in the land. Psalm 68, when he comes back again, will be similar to the day of uh, his triumphant entry. All right? Uh, your procession is seen, O Lord, the procession of my God, my King, into the sanctuary, the singers in front of it, the musicians last between them, the virgins playing on the tambourines. There's going to be a glorious day when he comes, when the, when, the, when the ground is spread open, he walks right into Jerusalem, victorious. And he will sit for a thousand years and rule and reign on the throne of David. Hallelujah. In the new-built temple. Whew. Glory to God. And then we, then this verse comes alive right now. You shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace. What does that mean? You'll go in and out of the temple. You'll go in and out during this millennial rule. All right? And the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. When Jesus comes and this glorious day happens, all nature is going to be rejoicing. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Praise God. And here is the thing I showed you. Remember back in this picture? Remember this picture back here? I showed it to you earlier. All right, right here. It could be right over here. I don't know which side. All right. Something is happening for at least 20 years now. The names of God is, is appearing on the wall. How many people have heard that? I'm sure some of you have heard that before. But the names of Yahweh, all right, now remember that it goes, you know, it's, it's backwards. But the name of God is starting to appear on the temple wall, all right? And either, either, I think right over here is where the eastern gate is. Wow. Isn't that something? Whoo, hallelujah. If, you, if you're in Zechariah, still look at... Um, Look at verse 16. And then it will come about that any who are left in all the nations that went against Jerusalem, they will go up from uh, they will go up from year to year to worship the king of hosts, because he's going to be on the glorious hill. And they shall come and celebrate on the feast of booths. And there's a, a, a punishment in verse 17 if they don't. So this splitting of the Mount of Olives is coming. All right, and uh, it's a glorious gate. Uh, it is going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, Jesus is coming soon, folks. He's coming in Revelations 22. It's, I don't have a slide here on that, but Revelations 22 says this, verse 7. And behold, Jesus says, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of this prophecy. Three times he says this in verse, um, verse 12. Behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me uh, to render to every man according to what he has done. 
I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed. It goes on. And then in verse 20, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. In that last chapter, he's coming quickly. Then it ends with Maranatha. Come quickly, Lord. Maranatha. All right. The first century missed Jesus coming. Let us not be a generation misses the Lord and a second coming. Amen. And we are called to be like John the Baptist, preparing the way for the Lord. Uh, there was one John the Baptist. We're all called to walk in that spirit and, and prepare the way of the Lord. Ooh, hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. Glory to God. Father, I just pray now, Lord, uh, in the same way that a babe was born, a virgin, a miraculous birth, miraculous life without sin, a miraculous death and resurrection that we're going to celebrate later this week. So is your return going to be nothing less than spectacular. It is going to be glorious. The king of glory is going to come in. He's going to come through that rightful gate that he went in on Palm Sunday so many years ago. The Mount of Olives is going to split. Similar to the Red Sea being split, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be awesome. So, Father, right now, help us to do the work while it's still light to proclaim the good news of your soon return. Help us this week to prepare our hearts. Help us to be passionate for you and compassionate to people that we will share Jesus. I pray for opportunities this week for each and every one of us, I include myself, to share our faith. To share our faith. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, like never before. I pray. If you don't know Jesus, it's very simple, but it's very costly. It costs Jesus everything. It costs us everything. It costs our lives, our ambitions. But it's free. It's free. It's glorious. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you died and rose from the dead. Just tell him that. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for what I've done wrong. As we take communion, examine your hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We give you our lives afresh and new today. Come, touch each person here. May this be one of the greatest weeks of our lives. It may be a challenging week, but it will be a great week. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to hand out the communion right now. Praise God. You know, I have for three or four weeks been looking forward to sharing this message with you. <laughs> Praise God. Isn't he good? Just before uh, we take the communion, I want to I, I want to emphasize again this uh, to people watching online, to you, if you, family, friends. If you haven't taken this course, 
all right, on uh, healing the wounded soul. It's, a, it's an incredible course. It, uh, it's life transformational. I was deeply touched the first time or two I went through it. All right, I, I won't be able to be there on Wednesdays. This, this time I'm up in Aurelia on Wednesdays. But it is worth taking. It is worth taking. What happens is, uh, while we're taking the elements, I'll just share. What happens is we have a, a group time together and a teaching time of a half an hour, maybe a little longer, 45 minutes. And then we have breakout rooms where men go with men and women go with women. It's confidential. And there's a time of sharing. But here's the difference. This is a huge difference. We've been in some healing and different uh, workshops and seminars where people share. Uh, this time, uh, people can share, but only the person that's sharing can talk. And then afterwards, nobody can make a comment. Oh, yeah, I, I've been through something like that. Most of us have some type of understanding of what they went through. And what happens is by doing that, people feel like they've been heard. Many people, when they come through this course, they say, I feel like I've been heard for the first time. And then the, the facilitator prays over them, and then they go on to whoever else wants to share. And it really is transformational. And it really is uh, uh, um, an important uh, uh, healing uh, step. It's not the only healing course that we have, Ellen and others, but this is a, this is a, a groundbreaking one that really breaks open the whole healing, and it's four wounds. The first four weeks are the four four wounds that we deal with, and the next four weeks are the four healings, and uh, so it, it's a it's a glorious time. So I encourage you to sign up. It's twenty five dollars. If you can't afford it, we'll waive the twenty five. If you want to take it and you've taken it before. There's no cost. Just feel free. I want to take it again. I took it before. There's no cost. All right? So, Father, as we prepare our hearts, I pray, who shall enter? Who shall ascend the hill? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Just take a moment to examine your heart right now. Lord, forgive us. Lord, cleanse us. Lord, help us to be excited about your soon coming. Help us to be ready. Shambhara bakitara bakanda. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Help us to be excited, Lord. Help us to be encouraged. Help us to be looking forward to that day, Lord. Soon coming day, we don't know whether that's going to be a month from now, a year from now. Seven years from now, 25 years from now, 120 years from now, we don't know. But it looks like it's coming really soon, like in our lifetime. It really does. So does everybody have the elements? Anybody who doesn't have the elements? So Lord, on that night that you were betrayed, you took the bread and you broke it. And you said, this is my body broken for you. Take, eat, in remembrance of me. Let's take it together. And after that Passover supper, he took the third cup, the cup of redemption. 
this is uh, from the from the times of Israel departing from Egypt. This was Passover meal was established, and they had the cup and they had the bread. But Jesus comes out and says, "I'm the Passover lamb." And he goes on to talk that this represents my blood shed for you. He says, as often as you gather, drink this cup and remember me. Let's remember the Lord right now. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, I bless this service. Tomorrow night we have a powerful evening. Um, worship time. Victoria is leading the service tomorrow night. It's, it, they have been getting gooder and gooder because there's no goodest. All right, it just keeps getting better and better, deeper and deeper. So we're going to pray for those online. If you're on watching online, there's a, this is called the meal that heals, and we speak healing to everybody in the audience here and also online. We speak healing over you. Speak healing into your body. Thanks for listening. We want you to experience all what God has for you. Make sure to visit us in person. Check out www.tgpoa.com for more information on how to find us. We hope to see you here soon.